Uh, welcome back to The Last Post. Uh, for the issue of Saturday, March 23rd, I'm your host, Andrew Carey, and you're listening to Limerick Post Podcast, bringing you this week's news in bite-sized portions. Remember, you can keep up to date with all the Limerick news on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, at Limerick Post, and using the hashtag KeepingLimerickPosted and on LimerickPost.ie. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Aramont Furniture, Coonacross, Ennis Road, and their big midnight sale this Friday from 3pm to midnight. Uh, I'm now joined by our deputy news editor for this week, Bernie English. Mr. Collison is on a sabbatical elsewhere, yes, I see. indeed, Andrew, yes. There you go. Um, Come back, always forgiven. <laughs> and Bernie, uh, you were driving the bus literally uh, for the news desk this week, and we're actually got some stories about buses. We do indeed, disappearing buses, Andrew. Um, Alan, Alan Jakes was at the council meeting for us in City Hall, and we have the Mayor of Limerick, Councillor James Collins, who's very irate about buses, which he describes as unreliable and not trustworthy. This has been in the news for some time, you know, the, the quality of service or the lack of quality or people's perceptions about it. What, what is happening in this bus Well, he says, he says that the complaints are actually very simple. Um, the buses don't come on time. They arrive in pairs. That's an age-old complaint. <laughs> uh, they sometimes disappear off the app, providing online tracking. They, they've just been taken up. And is what's he calling for? He's once well, the councillors were supposed to have a meeting with uh, Bus Aaron this week, and for some reason that didn't materialise. Bus Aaron representatives did not come to the chamber to answer questions or to lay out plans. But uh, I think that's the next step. They want them to show up and explain themselves, and hopefully improve a service. Well, I think the whole of Limerick would like that. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, another story from Alan uh, is kind of the last stand of of, of one of Limerick's. Um, stalwart councillors absolutely john gilligan independent councillor and doyen of limerick city council who has been in office would you believe for 28 years and he has always been one thing he's always been his own man and he's always been very outspoken on issues that affect his constituents yeah um and he'll be sorely missed by the press because he was always good for quote (laughs) yeah john would give you a line at at any cost but it was always with a heartfelt message behind it that he was looking for. It was, it was, and he delivered, he delivered, he delivered everything that he had to say in the interests of the people he represented. And what's Alan but never, writing never about? Never lost his good humour about it. No, what's Alan writing about for John this week? Is it moving statues? Or? Yes, his last stand is on a moving statue. So he has been campaigning, in fairness to him, for years to get the, the statue of Sarsfield moved somewhere into the city centre. And um, this was his, his final hurrah and any in the loca- matter. Any locations sought or looking for? He did, yes. He said uh, either one of two new developments on O'Connell Street or the square or plaza at the Opera Centre would be good locations. Um, more, more details from that story uh, in this week's print edition and online. And Bernie, you've your, your own story about UHL and a bizarre closing award. Yeah, there's been quite a Ferrari over this. Um, this, this week on Tuesday, we had 76 people on trolleys in the emergency department wait they're all people who've been admitted to hospital they just don't have beds to put them in and at the same time the hospital is planning to close 17 beds in a medical ward the INMO are pretty much up in arms in this now the hospital say that the INMO have known about this since before Christmas and that this is a strategic move so that they can actually they've actually just opened a ward a cardiac ward with 12 beds and they are also looking at op- opening a further eight beds, which they have locations for in the hospital. So they say this is more than made up for. But that's 20 beds. This is one of the o- most overcrowded hospitals in the country. 
Well, at the moment we need, yeah, I, like the INMO figures show that there were 11,400 patients on hospital trolleys in 2018 out in Dura That's staggering. It is. Um, the hospital say that the INMO were fully aware of this? They say that they, they, they discussed this with the unions. The INMO wrote to the uh, CEO again. They said, we'll talk to them again about it. But we actually are replacing these beds and this is part of an overall plan. However, what's really needed, and everyone knows it, is the 96-bed unit and the interim 60-bed unit. And really, a move needs to be got on with both of those projects. And we're really waiting on government funding or approval or something along those lines to get that over the line. The 60-bed unit seems to be pretty certain. We've been told that the funding is there. It hasn't actually been published yet, but we've been told with certainty the funding is there. The 96-bed unit is quite a bit of a way down the road. Not much comfort for the people, the 76 people on trolleys this Indeed Tuesday. not, particularly the ones who are elderly. Thanks very much for joining us this week again, Bernie. I'm now joined by... Well, I'm not joined because you're already here. Um, Keen Reinhardt, our digital editor and producer of the Last Post podcast. Hello. Right, Andrew. Thanks for having me in. Um, well, I kind of have to have you <laughs> in. That's, that's the whole way this works. Um, both myself and Keen were over at the openings of Gardens International yesterday. A pretty spectacular building. Beautiful site, isn't it? Um, yeah, the mix of the old stone, the new materials, big vaulted ceilings. The like, huge windows as well. The light in there is just... Yeah, this is a this is a stunning build, and as we as we said, um, this Tuesday the uh, Limerick twenty thirty officially threw open the doors to Gardens International. It's the first completion of um, the projects that they have taken on board to to revitalise the city centre. Uh, former Minister for Finance Michael Noonan TD, um, and with the presence of Mayor James Collins, uh, officially opened the building after its complete rebuild. Eighteen months. And 17.6 million uh, that has been pumped into it. It's a stunning building. And well, you can see where the money went in the project. It's, huh? It is incredible, isn't it? And, and, and half of the building has been let now. Um, and I think you uh, have some, uh, you, you had a clip with the... Yeah, uh, the project architect, uh, Louise Cotter, was speaking at the launch and she described uh, how they amalgamated the old with the new in the project and how they came about the whole process. And she had this to say at the event. So if we can think of the project in three parts. The first, of course, are the historic structures on the street. The original room volumes have been restored. Materials have been repaired with some new interventions to repair the street. The second is the corner building, and that's a, a totally new structure of exposed concrete with a classical frame of brick and stone. This anchors the project on the street. The tall volumes, high thermal mass offered by the exposed concrete and the natural ventilation all contribute to the sustainable design, giving us an A3 rating and LEED Gold certification. The sustainable approach is supported by the three gardens which we have made, which bring light and air deep into the spaces and also views, encouraging a feeling of well-being in these workspaces. Finally, then, we have the rational office block ahead of us, over us here, clad in its glass skin. The deep aluminium fins shade and model will present a low-key background to the historic buildings and the street. And finally, all of these disparate elements are united by this marble hall, this public room. So the, the rest of that speech is available on our SoundCloud website and up online as well. Yeah, and, and um, Foreign Minister Noonan said that it was, you know, it was a proud day for Limerick and he's, he's calling for full support to, to get this building um, 
filled yeah, with some marquee tenants so that you know we re- really can realize the dreams that Limerick has but seeing the way the, the project turned out as well it'll be nice to see how the opera side comes along and cleaves if they if the planning goes ahead with that yeah. first major success yeah. for Limerick 2030 mm-hmm. um, that's great and Keen, uh, I we are Limerick are we back we are Limerick and we are back and we met with Dr. Michael Finneran yes yeah. he's the founding department head of the Drama and Theatre Studies at Mary Immaculate College. And he was also, he's heavily involved in Midas. That's the, that's the Mary Immaculate Dramatic Arts Society. Okay. And they have an upcoming show with a chorus line that's actually on this week. Mike was also a, one of the founding members of the Lime Tree Theatre and he, he worked very hard on that project to have it completed, worked closely with people in the college. But uh, Mike had this to say. And, um, and the, the venue just took off. Limerick was crying out for it. Limerick was crying out for a 510-seat auditorium. And all the big companies started coming in, and um, and so all of a sudden, you know, we found ourselves in a situation where we had the Abbey there one week, and we had Druid and all the companies I've mentioned, Opera Ireland, Ballet Ireland, and Midas sitting in the middle of them all, which of course still tickles me pink to, like we, um, Midas finishes at the end of next week, and the next company in our Druid Theatre Company from Galway, with, you know, Gary Hines coming. <laughs> okay, and the podcast is available online as we speak. Yeah, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and on Acast. Yeah, excellent. It's um, the We Are Limerick profiles are gathering a lot of pace, a lot of interest. It's yeah, great indeed. to see these. And I see you have a, another profile in this week's paper, Andrew. Yeah, I spoke with uh, Katrina O'Donoghue. She is the president of Network Ireland Limerick, but also um, an entrepreneur and businesswoman in the city with escape rooms and Get West. And uh, it was great to, to, to speak with Katrina about her passion for Limerick and more so Limerick City. She's actually living in the country with her partner, and but they want to move into the city centre. They want to, they believe in the uh, concept that the city can be revitalised and they have their business based on Nicholas Street. And she's very much all about the, the networking aspects of that. Um, it was a breath of fresh air to talk to Katrina because one of these people who is in a position to actually put the money where their mouth is and they're making the, the stance to support what the city can be. And Katrina had this to say when we were talking. Because there's great stuff happening in pockets locally. Um, and I also think, uh, you know, and I believe firmly that the, the city centre will never achieve its potential. And I think it has enormous potential unless people are living in here as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, no one will want to be open at six o'clock in the evening if there's no one around. And that makes perfect, that yeah. makes business sense. I. But I think people also need to move in. And I do appreciate there is a problem, obviously, with the quality of the housing and the supply. But I think people maybe need to start somewhere, you know, buy a little... And, and, and build it up. Sh- you know, yeah. shoddy little house and build it up and then buy something else and build it up. And I, I, and I that's will be one of our goals for, for this year. We want to move into the city centre. And Keen, you're going to publish that podcast this weekend. I am indeed on SoundCloud again, Acast, Spotify, and Limerick Post on IE. That's great. Uh, thanks very much, Keen. And this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Aramon Furniture, Coonacross, Ennis Road, and their midnight sale uh, this weekend, this Friday from 3 pm to midnight. I'm now joined by John Keogh, a journalist with Sporting Limerick. You're very welcome, John. Thanks, Andrew. Um, John, we'll get straight into it. Um, Munster aiming to get back on track in the Pro 14. Yeah, they lost their last game three weeks to go to Scarlets and they lost first place in Conference A to Pro 14 as a result. Zebra coming to, to Thoman Park on Saturday and look, although he was saying they'd be happy with the four points, Munster have to target a bonus point here. There's no 
point really saying anything else. There's no if and or buts about a, a, a maximum point win here. No, no, there shouldn't be. Um, few Irish players probably coming back into the fold. Back to the guys of Peter O'Mahony, Keith Earls, probably CJ Sender that started a lot of games, although CJ missed a few, obviously. Won't, and Conor Murray the same, probably won't be back till the quarterfinal the week after. But look, it's it's a chance for them fringe players to put their hands up for, for the Champions Cup next week, which of course, they, again, Munster won't admit it, but that's what they're focusing towards. Uh, you have a piece looking at JJ Hanrahan, he's focused on this match too. Yeah, JJ was just talking about, like, Johan van Graan is very much not basically party line saying no, zebra this zebra that but mm-hmm. yeah for someone like JJ it's interesting like he's he's come back his second season back at Munster after a couple of away at Northampton a couple of niggly injuries have, have kind of stopped his progress this season obviously the emergence of Joey Carberry the signing of Carberry Carberry was always going to be number one with question marks about his fitness good performance if JJ gets a run this week could put him in the starting slot um, sticking with rugby, just a couple of local AIL fixtures that you want to have a little discussion about. Yeah, a couple of local, not insignificant ones. Yeah, three games left in the league stages of the AIL now. Um, again, all three teams in Division 1 in Needham wins. Gary Owen, welcome Clontarf. One point off Dublin University, one point off fourth place Dublin University, I should say, and one point off the playoffs, obviously. Um, Clontarf second placed themselves, kind of running away with things. Tarf are, are very much... The next best team in town, really. Uh, it's a tough, tough game for Gary Owen. Yeah, I mean, you're looking to try and take points off a top team so as you can get into that top slot. It's They're not Glantarfer going to come down and lie down. No, no, not, not a chance of that happening. One thing for Gary Owen is that they should and maybe well, could and maybe should have Ben Healy back. Um, played the last two under-20 games. Grand Slam winning under-20 side for Ireland. Um has been a serious player for Gary Owen this year, even at 19 years of age. Cracking talent at out half. Has snuck a few games for Gary Owen. Last minute penalties here and there. Conversions would be a huge bonus to have him back. Elsewhere, your Munsters are away to UCC, the team immediately below him in the league. Munsters win last week um, over Dublin University. Put them out of the relegation situation. Only by a couple of points, but a win over UCC. And then they've Shannon after that. Win a win this week for Munsters would be absolutely huge. Down in the Mardek, probably you could argue the biggest game of the weekend in one sense, or the new Shannon. Mm. Shannon second bottom now on a turgid run is the only way to really describe it. They play uh, bottom side Turnure, and like there's nothing as must win games go for either team. To be fair, yeah. Turnure they'll have their own issues. They've already announced this week. That James Blaney, former Munster, and Leinster Hooker was leaving as head coach. They've already advertised the position. So they've, they've made their feelings clear that things aren't right there. Look, there's no point saying it. Shannon need to win that, and they need to win it. Like, there's there's no... All the Limerick teams need to need to get their get the points this weekend. It's going it's gonna to be... It's going to be tough for everybody. Yeah, business end of the season. There's no easy wins in this anyway, so... I would reckon that at least two of them will win. I'm not going to say which two. I can guess. Um, <laughs> we'll just leave that one there. Thanks very much, John. As usual, the digs. And, John, you have some news from Crescent College in the Kate Russell Hockey Tournament. Yeah, uh, Sporting Limerick are streaming, live streaming all 10 games of the Kate Russell Hockey Tournament that Crescent College Comprehensive will be taking part in. Basically, it's the four provincial winners of the uh, girls under 18 hockey uh, tournaments and the winners of the Southeast competition 
playing off over two days, Thursday and Friday of this week um, to see who's the best team in the country, really. Uh, as I said, Crescent are in it by virtue of winning Munster penalty shuttles victory over Mount Mercy a few weeks ago. Played Banbridge from Ulster, Kilkenny College from the Southeast, who are holders, and Kalash Ignite, known as the Jez in Connacht, and St Andrews, who host the competition, are the as said host their champions of Leinster. So it's a huge, huge thing. Number one, huge thing for Sporting Limerick for us to be in a position to live stream all ten games, and a huge thing for Crescent as well. And look, stay tuned to Sporting Limerick from half nine on. Thursday morning for the first game between St Andrews and Crescent. Good man. Um, looking at some Limerick GA news. Yeah, we've um, as Pat ran in this week talking about Limerick's home home venue situation. I think it's six. He said venues over the last few years that Limerick have called their home. In other words, they're no home. Mm, <laughs> Basically, they've been moved from McNeville Park in Rakeel, Newcastle West, Gaelic Grounds, like a few other places as well. Let's I think in the last few years as well. He's just basically saying that look, you need a home to make. Things are better when you have a home, effectively. And it doesn't get any any easier for another venue for Limerick footballers for their final league game against Antrim this Sunday. And last three in a row now. Sorry, four in a row. Um, just to finish this, like they need to be at Antrim. Just to, to have a bit of a positive going into the Munster Championship against Tipperary in May. Ladies footballers are out again this weekend. They're up in Derry. They had a huge 7.20 to 1.3 victory over Kilkenny last Saturday. That is kind of askew in the sense that Kilkenny had 11 players, came down with 11 players. Read into that what you will. Um, it's, it's, it's not good. John Ryan, the Limerick manager, was talking about it after the game. Limerick played with 13 the game just to fulfil the fixture. And finally, the hurlers are in a league semi-final against Dublin in Kilkenny. Bit of a surprise win for Dublin. <laughs> Bit of a surprise win to say the least. Now I, I did say last week Tipperary were favourites, but Dublin have kind of begun under radar under new manager Matty Kenny. Limerick will expect to win. Look, live on TG Cahar as well from half one on Sunday if you can't make it. Um some local soccer news. Um first up with the Super Blues anyway. Yeah, good good positive result for Limerick FC last Friday. Um beaten who did they beat? Cole Ramblers. Cole Ramblers. Key Ramblers. Key Ramblers. Lucky, Lucky Charm. That's yeah. it, yeah. Key, I just threw that in because like, Keane was there. You know, you don't often see Keane at anything, really. Like. Uh, well. But on a more, more important... Yeah, 3-1 victory over Cove. Big win. Um, notably, Kieran Redhamman scoring two goals, and as Keane will testify, an absolute handful. Um, big, huge, big, strong talent, but cracking footballers. Look, Limerick went out to attack against Cove. Could have had another four or five goals. Very positive. They then lost the Cove, made 10 changes from that team that won the league for the EA Sports Cup game on Monday. They weren't too concerned with it. Gave a lot of young lads their chance. Last again, 3 1, the same score like the Cove on this occasion. But yeah, Kevin Dealey away. Kevin Dealey had a big win last week. Um, maybe a bit of a surprise package in the push for promotion. Tough game, but. Um, have to have to be confident now after last week's win. Uh, thanks, John, uh, for all our sports news. It's brought to you in conjunction with Sporting Limerick, where more news can be found beyond the paper over at limerickpost.ie. And this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Armand Furniture, Coon Across, Ennis Road, and their big midnight sale this Friday from 3pm to midnight. Thanks, John. No problem, Andrew. Um, the effervescent Eric Fitzgerald Entertainment editor joins me. 
Thank you very much, Andy. How are you? Feeling very effervescent this evening now. Straight exactly. after Paddy's weekend and all that, you know. <laughs> For any rate. <laughs> um, sure, look, we'll get straight into it with the Ents news. Um, John Grant, everybody John knows him. John Grant. I mean, he's such a big deal, you know. So he's coming to town this um, Wednesday next week. And, uh, you know, this is a big show. It's a big show for the University Concert Hall to get. He played in uh, Limerick before. The last time was in the warehouse about five or six years ago. Uh, and he's some performer. He's out of a band called The Czars about 10, 15 years ago. Now he's, in, he's gone solo and he's, he's just released his fourth solo album. John Grant is... Um, he's had his addiction issues in the past. Mm. Uh, and he has written an amazing, like even the debut album, Queen of Denmark, you know, it just got worldwide praise for, you know, because he is a beautiful baritone voice. He writes songs on the piano and it, it, the songs are very convincing, but the lyrics are super cutting and he's very bitchy. And he talks about all sorts of things, addictions, relationships going wrong, gay relationships that haven't worked out for him. And it, everything, is, everything is up for grabs, but it's, it's, it's the way he tells the stories, if anything. And uh, if, if, some, if you haven't heard him, my recommendation would be GMF is a great song, which uh, was sung with Sinead O'Connor. She guested on vocals yeah. on, on his earlier album. So he has a new album out, Love is Magic. So he's kind of taken on a little bit more electronic music now. So he's kind of, he still writes on the piano, he said. Um, but a lot of, let's say, he might be starting to use a lot of samples and do, does a lot of work kind of post-production in the studio. Has got a great band around him. So there's a bit more of an electronic feel to what he does these days. But um, a, real, music, a real musical artist. like Total musical artist. Like when you see this guy playing live, seen him in Galway in... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the venue now, but uh, yeah, it's gone out of my head. But um, the incredible show live, because as well as these big torch songs, he also has songs with just this brilliant 4 4 beat. So he, he writes disco material, but with just fantastic imaginative lyrics, you know. So to fire your imagination, John Grant is a total recommendation. And he's playing on Wednesday, March 27th. I think we're going to have a small clip from, uh, from John from the yeah. song you recommended. Yeah, and as you said, Wednesday um, in the University Concert Hall. Yeah. Um, next up, thanks, brother, headliner thanks. for the Casbah. Brother, they called in to say hello. And uh, what a lovely duo the pair of them are. That's um, Roshino, uh, who is Danny O'Reilly's uh, baby sister, daughter Mary Black, and her musical partner, John Bro. Um, he of a band called Miracle Bell and we did a lot of stuff on Miracle Bell a few years ago when they were going so the two of them have been a writing partnership for a good few years now actually before even Roshino released her um, debut album um, they were working together on songs so they, they come up, they've come up with some brilliant material along the way and they uh, formalised, I suppose, their relationship somewhat, somewhat by just finding a name mm. for the band, and they called it the band Thanks Brother. 
so they're coming to the Casbah, uh, bringing a, a set. They have an EP. Well, they have a kind of they're releasing songs kind of one at a time. It's a kind of a newer way of doing things, I yeah. suppose, because um, I think they find that they've they've recorded maybe an EP's worth of material and they just bring one track at a time at a time. And um, the the latest track was called We We Caught It, and uh, it's really it's, it's it's catchy. It's beautifully produced. And it was a great video. They basically went to uh, a Google party that kind of gate-crashed it in Dublin. There were some two or 3,000 people at the party. They had their iPhones with them. And uh, Roisin had just a, he- a set of headphones. So she just started miming the song uh, at the Google party because the party was kind of set up as uh, it looked like a Katy Perry video, the entire thing, because there was different rooms all over the or the yeah. S for the party. So they just kind of went along and just videoed themselves having fun and singing the songs. So they got a video for nothing. And I'll tell you what, when you watch the video, you wouldn't even know. You know, it looks great. That's you know, and it's a great song. It's a real uplifting song about um, you know just grabbing grabbing a chance when you get a chance to do something. You know, and um, just car- carpe diem. It's to music basically. That's it. Andy, think, that's the best I can do with that. I think we have a clip uh, from that from that track. Is it? Play that track for you, yeah, and that's called We Caught It. And the Thanks Brother are playing in Dolan's Casbah this Saturday, March Excellent stuff. Um, one more, Tino Rons. Tino Rons, yeah. We've been uh, listening away to what Tino has been doing for quite a while. So he's he's uh, based out of Limerick uh, for the last few years. I think he's been sending stuff in for the last three or four years. And uh, yeah, this brand new track came out just a few weeks ago called Threw It Away. And I'll tell you, the production is amazing on it. And it's a fantastic kind of pop feel, R&B track. Super singer, super rapper. Um, he's getting played on Spin South West. Um, he was playing live recently enough um, at the Afrobeat versus Hip Hop party. I think it's happening in Pharmacia. It's happening in the establishment, and um, like he's he's a hit. And he was telling us that um, you know that things are going really well for him. That he's getting radio play, and also he's a bit of an Instagram hit because he's getting lots of fans uh, just sending Instagram messages, and he's putting it up on his own Instagram account. So he's doing really well for himself, and uh, we would have to play you this track because it's called True It Away, um, and it's on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, YouTube, the whole thing, and it's all about getting over a breakup and getting on with your life. Hey, girl, you threw it away, threw it away, now you coming my way, running my way, girl, I told you don't leave me, hey, now you picking up the pieces, hey, cause you threw it away, threw it away, now you Yeah, it's a great track and um, one thing that you quite regularly say to us here on the podcast is definitely about the quality of production that yep. Limerick artists are doing and you know this is another example of it yeah there's a, there's a quite i mean the the technology to do good production has got a little bit more affordable for a lot of people but you still have to find the skill set and you still have to probably trial and error you know but um and, and a lot of the stuff now a lot of the music that's being used you know you can t- 
get samples out on the on the the web and and use them. You know? so there are it's it's down to the amount of time you put into it. You know, but you can see it really paying off for some of these acts that they can pretty much have a very good quality. Uh, a single from basically a bedroom studio setup, you know, and maybe they just need maybe some extra production when it goes to the album stage and when they go a little bit bigger, they probably need a bit more work just for the, when you're releasing with the bigger releases and things going to radio all the time. It's uh, definitely um, evident that Limerick Music is in a good place. Super place, yeah. Can you tell me um, any listings that might Yeah, there's loads of stuff going on this week because I know last week we, we, there was there was a, a certain amount with like the St. Paddy's Day itself and the, fest, and the festival that takes over pretty much. But this week we've loads and loads and loads of things to look forward to. Uh, Wagwan uh, are releasing a, uh, a record label and they're launching it in Pharmacia. So they're just a kind of big beat, drum and bass, uh, dubstep uh, collective. Uh, just a whole bunch of producers from Limerick getting together and now they're putting a label together. So they're launching that in Pharmacia uh, and the, the first record will be a compilation and that'll be well worth checking out. And uh, we've been Banging on about comedy, so we've got yeah. loads of comedy here. We've got Shamozzle comedy, that's happening at Mother Max on Friday. And I know that uh, Carl Spain is back uh, following Wednesday uh, with his carnival with uh, Spencer Jones and Richie Sheehy. And Punchline is in UCH, and that's Eric Lawler and Shane Clifford. So there's loads, and that's on Tuesday 26th. So there's loads of excuses to go out and, and, and get a good laugh. And there's a few big bands playing we didn't even talk about. We didn't even talk about Therapy. We didn't even talk about Touts. Oh, Northern Irish bands, they're playing in Dolan's on Friday. And uh, for yourself, Andy, I just held back this one back for the end. It's um, on Saturday night. I know you'll be front and centre for ABBA-esque <laughs> in Dolan's. <laughs> I was waiting for that. When you've just come back from the Limerick Tattoo Convention in the South Court Hotel. Beautiful. That's my list, Andy. I think I have that pretty much covered. You've, you've hit all the bases um, <laughs> as usual Eric it's been it's been a blast um, and all your uh, Ents News listings and stuff will be found online and in print this week um, thanks very much Eric okay thanks a million Andy see you soon cheers uh, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Aramont Furniture Coona Cross Ennis Road and their midnight sale this Friday from 3pm to midnight I'm now joined by Rose Rush who is Back to bring us the eloquent news from arts, as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to the hatchet job that my uh, learned colleague Kian did <laughs> when he was deputising. <laughs> Sorry, Rose. In recent weeks, uh, Andrew, I hope you never lose it. Um, Rose, you're very welcome back, nonetheless, from your small little sojourn. Thank you. Well, my partner in crime, he and I, we do a two-hander on the lead story because two years ago I had reason to interview and attend this uh, Limerick made play small one it's by John Murphy of Bottom Dog Theatre although it's not a Bottom Dog Theatre uh, production in this instance he's united with Bell Table as co-producer his actress in this one woman show is small one I saw its premiere last year sorry two years ago I beg your pardon in the very top floor indeed the garret of a very old Georgian building on O'Connell Avenue, which is her bedsit. She is a small one. Um, Michelle Flanagan is an astonishingly good actress. And in this year's iteration, in a fully professional production, Kean Reinhardt had reason to 
write up his interview with Michelle and here's a soundbite from what she had to tell him. Probably the toughest role I've ever played and probably ever will play. Um, but it's wonderful because she goes through such a range of emotions and um, I love her um, because she's so real and human and um, she's a myriad of things like she's cranky, she's feisty, she's kind, she's loving, she's everything you would ever want in a character, and the writing is just beautiful. You've news of the troubadour, Johnny Doohan, Mr. Doohan, yeah, Mr. Doohan. Um, Johnny Doohan's second volume of his memoirs thus far. I, I'm not quite sure what age Johnny Doohan is, but I'd imagine there's a third book in him again. He's only got a, a life half lived thus far. He was in Limerick on Thursday the 14th at Limerick City Gallery of Art to introduce personally this book, its richness about Limerick, uh, his own life, how it pertains to his parental family, his own family. Um, it's an interesting memoir because the term no holds barred frequently has flashy undertones and neon lights to it. Not in this instance. Uh, it's a, a raw and beautifully written read of any person's journey through life and its dark side, and specifically his life, because so often he's a solitary tourer. Mm. He's very funny and the regular humiliation that goes with that circuit, and he read so funnily from his book, um, City Gallery last week. He's back on Thursday the 28th with a two-hour live performance of his works going through his back catalogue that begins at 6pm Thursday 28th in City Gallery of Art, Perry Square and come along. Full details of that mm -hmm. on your page this week. You also have the Bearded Sisters of Castle Knock. <laughs> okay, proper title of the show is The Sisters of Castle Knock. Again, it's by a Limerick writer. We've gone through John Murphy, we've gone through John Doohan. This writer is Neil Carmody. He belongs to the collective Theatre's Eye. They do original theatre work and derivative stuff. Uh, they took a wonderful promenade uh, production of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest through the garden and the muse house and the upper salons of Georgian House last year ago was a mm -hmm. fundraiser and it was an incredibly sunny day and we wound up at the pavilion to do with number two Perry Square Hotel and it was just so sharp, so, so funny. Uh, this time around, one of their own, Nile Carmody, has penned the Sisters of Castle Knock. They bravely took it for a 30-night run to Edinburgh Fringe Festival last year, booked uh, a prominent venue. They attracted really good reviews I haven't seen the show, but The Sisters of Castle Knock is now being staged in Narrative 4, O'Connell Street, as part of Limerick Fringe Festival, of which Limerick Post is proud media sponsor, and details on www.limerickfringe.com, running April the 3rd to the 6th. So, Rose, any other bit of comedy in town? Yeah, Drew Theatre come back to us. They're on a national tour. The vehicle officer this time is Furniture. It's by the comedy writer and series dramaturg and very good actress, Sonia Kelly. You might know her from The Savage Eye. She's an actress in, yep. in, in that company. Sorry, in that, in that RTE programme. Um, here she's written a series of three short plays. Niall Buggy is in one of them with Gareth Lombard. He's a, a regular druid 
Also, um, the actors Kate Kennedy, Ruth McGill, Rory mm. Nolan, whom we know as Russell Carroll Kelly and Helen Norton. Uh, the three short plays roll into one coherent whole and furniture as a thing that does not know it exists apparently is the common theme and expect dark, dark comedy. Beautiful. Um, the, have you got some news on the Hunt Museum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're looking for your money. Mm. That's the blunt way to put it. Uh, but six weeks ago, they launched their strategy, their vision, reaching into 2025. Now they've done a collaboration with Limerick Chambers Market Collective. They're offering new corporate membership packages. And essentially, what they ask us to bear in mind is that there are many programs, education, mental health, outreach, uh, the programs to do with dementia, uh, these all employ the hunt as a premises. They require um, arts and crafts techniques, audiovisual, 3D digitization, all the elements used to teach these programs, plus, of course, the hunt's collection. And yes, it takes money to put such programs together. So if you want to be a hero to your business world, row into the hunt museum. Um, last one, Firesgate Ireland's call. Yeah, Firesgate is a lively program between cinema, between talks and theatre. I would suggest you look up friarsgate.com uh, for the, its its bookings. Um, we'll jump to its cinema, March 27th. Uh, this is a documentary made by Donald O'Kelleher. It's going to interest the many of us who have a thing about the the Camino. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly the one to northwestern Spain, the um, Camino de San Campastello. Uh, apparently, a, a writer, several musicians, an artist, and a stonemason, they got together, they made a traditional boat, they got in the boat, and they did the 2,500 kilometer um, sailing to, to Compostela. And this film is was taken on the boat, and it concerns their individual artistic, spiritual, and sailing journeys. That should be a watch. Uh, full details of all your arts news um, on page 72 this week in print and um, lots of that content will be online as well limerickpost.ie uh, Rose it's a pleasure to have you back the professionalism and eloquence are a delight Andrew your forbearance astounds me so this has been the last post I've been your host Andrew Carey and I'd like to thank um, our deputy news editor this week Bernie English John Kill from Sporting Limerick Eric Fitzgerald uh, Rose Rush and of course um, my super 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 um, digital editor and podcast producer Keen Reinhardt and of course our sponsors this week uh, for the podcast which is brought to you in association with Aramont Furniture Coon Cross on the Ennis Road um, where they are promoting their midnight sale this Friday which runs from 3pm until midnight for more news sport, entertainment home and living pet news motoring healthy living and much much more make sure you turn to Limerick Post every Thursday in print and online at limerickpost.ie and through all our social media channels we really are keeping Limerick posted.